Welcome to the Self Storage University podcast, where you will learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around, and operate self storage facilities. And now, here is your host, a partner in one of the largest real estate portfolios in the U.S. with nearly $1 billion of holdings, Frank Rolfe. Typically, when you say you're buying a self-storage facility, what you mean is you are buying that asset, that piece of real estate, that building in the land. But sometimes the seller will want you to, instead of buying the asset by itself, buy the entity that owns that asset. This is Frank Roth, the Self Storage University podcast. We're going to talk about the difference between buying an asset and buying an entity. Let me first say I am not a lawyer. I have no legal training whatsoever. I'm just giving you observations that I have noted from real life, but you would always want to talk to an attorney on this very thorny issue. Now, let's talk first about what the big differences are between buying an entity and buying the asset. Let's start off with when you buy the asset. When you buy the asset, you are getting something, piece of property, piece of real estate, but it does no tie back to anything that happened prior. That's the way it works here in America with typical property law is you buy the asset, but you're not buying anything that happened prior to the date of closing because it wasn't yours. So now no matter what idiocy mom and pop did earlier, that's washed away as far as you're concerned. If, for example, the seller has done some horrible employment law violation prior to the day of closing, well, that person can sue them for that, but can't sue you. You weren't the owner back in that period. You're the new kid in town. As a result, you're not bound by what mom and pop did. However, when you buy the entity, things are very, very different because now you're not buying the asset free and clear of all prior grievances. You're buying something that comes with often a plethora, a virtual buffet of potential problems, none of which you know about. And that's the first problem when you buy the entity is simply liability. You don't know what mom and pop did. Let's say, for example, mom and pop had a manager at the storage facility and they underpaid them and they overworked them. And they owe them a whole bunch of overtime or some other kind of employment violation. And you buy the entity, and then three or four days later, the entity gets sued by that employee. He says, wait, you owe me a ton in overtime. You violated my rights and all this different stuff. Well, you're sucked into that now because that grievance is, again, the ent entity that owns the, the self-storage facility. And so that means you. So the first initial problem when you buy an entity, whether it be an LLC or an LP or whatever it may be, is you inherit all of the liabilities and see you don't know what those are. There have been many, many cases over the years where people bought things thinking everything seemed fine. Well, gosh, mom and pipe seemed friendly enough, not realizing they had been doing bad stuff. And the problem is all those bad things they did are all coming back against that entity, which you now own. The next problem falls under the terms of depreciation and tax implications. Self-storage facilities, like all forms of real estate other than land, are typically depreciated. So all those buildings and roll-up doors and roads and all those different features, those all have depreciation schedules. But the problem is when you buy the entity and not the asset, many of those schedules have already been depleted pretty significantly. So you may have significant taxation and depreciation issues in buying the entity. This is one case where you definitely have to get the feedback from a competent licensed CPA or another accounting professional to tell you exactly how that is going to play out. 
because that may be a real eye-opener for you when you find that by buying that entity, you are going to lose a lot of the advantages you could have had in depreciation and taxation issues, and those are all gone. The third one, which is a huge one, is lenders aren't going to want to do it. Now, why would a lender not want to finance you buying an entity? Well, for the reasons we just stated. The lender is now also getting sucked into whatever prior strangeness mom and pop did. And that makes that loan much more dangerous. All of your banks simply want to make a loan, a first lien loan, on an asset purchase. That's what they've classically been trained to do. That's the safest position for a bank to be in. When you come to them and say, instead, you want to go ahead and have them finance you buying this entity, you're trying to put something in a box that they don't have a label for at the bank. Remember that banks are very risk averse. Banks only make money on the interest on the principal they loan you, but they get no upside no matter how well you do with that storage facility. So as a result, they don't want to do anything risky. They don't care about doing anything risky. They just want to get their money. There's an old saying in the banking industry, before you can have return on principal, you have to have return of principal, which means you really don't want to be taking any risk as a banker. So since they don't know or appreciate or understand the entity and the purchase of the entity, they really don't want anything to do with it. So a big issue you will have is simply the fact that the lender isn't going to want to do it. Now, how do you mitigate any of those issues? Can you mitigate liability? Not really. You can't buy insurance for things that we don't know what happened in the past with mom and pop. So that we really can't. And you can't really mitigate depreciation and tax implications. They're just set in stone, whatever they may be. Now, you can mitigate would a lender do it or not simply if you could get mom and pop to carry the paper. So it would be possible if you bought the entity that they would in turn carry the financing if you couldn't get a bank. But that's about the only thing you can do from a risk perspective to mitigate those issues. So then the big question is, would you ever do it? In what cases would you find it acceptable or attractive to buy an entity rather than the asset? Well, the first one would be if you're doing kind of a zero down non-recourse deal. So, you know, there, there's an old saying that that kind of construction really cures all evils. So when you're going to do a zero down non-recourse deal, you really don't have any risk in it. I was by an entity and I did it for that sole reason. It was zero down non-recourse debt. So even though I was concerned about what came with the entity, what misdeeds had been done in the past, I thought, well, the worst case is I'll just walk it. I don't have a penny in it. In the end, years later, I was able to sell the thing and it all worked out okay. But I have to admit, it always concerned me because I didn't know what was going to pop up in that entity that I was unaware of. Another reason you might do it, and again, underline the word might, is if in buying the entity, you escape some kind of permit issue. Some self-storage facilities are built in what is called a legal non-conforming manner, which means they were built based in a time in the past when you could build that storage facility, but it no longer meets current law. And when you do that, you pass into an arena called legal non-conforming, also known as grandfathering. Sometimes, you might want to buy the entity rather than the facility because it may have an attractive issue regarding that zoning. So that would be one time in which you might want to go ahead and buy the entity. But there's a flip side to that. If you're buying the entity to avoid whatever the zoning issue is, let's say it's a special use permit that is somehow invalidated if the property is ever sold, then how are you going to sell it? 
Think about that for a minute. Now what happens is years from now, after you've got the thing in a really great position, and now you want to go out there and sell it, the only way someone can buy it from you is to buy the entity. So once again, it's going to be just as hard to find someone to step into your, your shoes as a buyer, now in the position of a seller. The bottom line to it is you're really better off always just buying the asset. I don't know anyone who would tell you, no, buy the entity, that's the way to go. I'm pretty confident, even though I'm not a lawyer and not a CPA, that very few people would ever tell you, yeah, no, buy the entity, that's a smart thing to do. But there may be certain finite reasons why you find that to be a superior construction. And there are a few ways you can mitigate that risk. But by and large, when mom and pop tells you, hey, I don't want you to buy the asset, I want you to buy the entity, the reason they want to do that is there's a benefit to them. And that's the big issue. It's rarely beneficial to the buyer. Typically, all of the benefits flow to the seller. And since you're the buyer, that's typically not a wise thing for you to do. This is Frank Roth, the Self Storage University podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Self Storage University podcast. Be sure to visit us at ssupodcast.com, where you can learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around, and operate self storage facilities.